Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast dropped in your trick-or-treat bag every week and hosted by two guys that, if you're thinking, do they party all night and sleep all day? Well, <laughs> we do, as long as it's not a work night. I'm Rocky. I'm Blaze. And that's right, we're taking a trip back to 1987, just, just knee-deep in the Cold War for a <laughs> vampire double feature. Of Lost Boys and Near Dark. That's right. And then after that, we're going to be talking about... Uh, noodles of Noodles. Noodle, we're talking about what? Noodles. Okay, we're going to have a, our new segment, uh, How to Cook Noodles. And turn them into worms. Yes. Is it worms? Yeah. It's It's biscuettis. It's biscuettis. Um, yes. Well, uh, but after all of that, after our uh, cooking... <laughs> cooking... Uh, we're also going to be having another curation into Blaze's Cabin of Video Game Curiosities. Ah, this one's exciting. Yes, because we aren't talking about PC. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's on PC, but... It's, but it's also on... The Nintendo Switch, and yeah. we'll get into that <laughs> later when we switch topics. <laughs> All right, mm. go ahead. <laughs> uh, but first... Uh, how are you, buddy? How you been this week? Oh, you know, uh, battling existential crises every day. Yes, yes, that's just the existential dread that comes with living. It sure is. Right? Watch. Back to you, Tom. <laughs> Watch, have you at least watched anything good or uh, um, caught up on anything? or Caught up on anything or watched anything? Yes, actually, I did get a new... Viges tape. That is a v- French for VHS. <laughs> it literally took me something like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> no, um, I got um, Crucible of Terror. I don't know if you've seen that one. I have not. It is pretty damn, pretty damn boring. <laughs> it's pretty damn boring. Um, it's, it's a weird, like, murderer artist. We won't go into it because I don't really want people to have to go find it and then be like, Huh. <laughs> Never listening again. Yeah, it's kind of boring, so yeah. moving on. Um, did you watch Elvira's 40th anniversary special? I did. Yeah, what'd you think? Oh, it was fantastic. And I loved <laughs> I loved the scene uh, where he was pouring wine in House on Haunted Hill and she had her giant wine glass. <laughs> yeah, that, that was cool. See, okay, here's my problem. I loved how they it. did that. Though. Did you watch all four films? Not all four. Okay. I was I watched most of it and then I recapped some of it, but I was like, okay, four movies is too much for me. It it's it I think it was too much for the special. I get it that it's her fortieth anniversary. For people that don't know, uh Elvira, um, horror movie host, extraordinaire. Mistress uh, of yes, the, the dark. Mistress of the Dark. Um, which is one of the movies that she showed, her her movie from the eighties, Elvira Mistress of the Dark. Um she had her fortieth year anniversary as uh, Elvira. And um you okay? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> You're like looking for something. Um, yeah, it, she uh, she had a 40th year anniversary on Shutter, where she showed four movies, and she it was her back in the get-up doing the horror movie hosting thing. Looking great at 70. It was just her birthday recently. She just turned 70 last Are month. Are you serious? 70? Yeah. yeah. Oh, she, my she, God. She's born. Here's a little bit of trivia I've that nobody gives a fuck about. Everyone. I'm like, she's like 64 no 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 here's a fun little piece of trivia nobody gives a fuck about she is a day younger a day younger than my mom 
Oh yeah, you have told me that. Yeah. Fu- uh, that fucked before. I mean, fat. <laughs> You're gonna say fuck you. <laughs> like, oh, all right. Uh, but yeah, she, so she did a, uh, a four movies, a quadruple feature on Shutter. Uh, it was it was fine. Um, I I I think the fourth movie didn't fit. Um, it was Elvira Mistress of the Dark, House on Haunted Hill, uh, City of the Dead, also known as Horror Hotel, which we actually we referenced about last, last week. time during yes. the Beyond episode. Um, and then ended with Messiah of Evil, which was a bad choice. That movie does not fit in with the first three. Um, also, with four features, that's a long running time. It started at 8 and ended at one thirty. Yeah, that's too long. I think there was maybe 18 minutes of Elvira like the whole thing. We need more intercuts, Shudder. <laughs> we need more intercuts. If you're going to have a horror movie host, we, we may just be too spoiled from Joe Bob being a oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Where we're getting a lot, and that's sort of a culture of its own. But we, but his show, there's so much intercutting. We get so much time with him and, and, and Darcy. And really, his whole staff has turned into like famous on their own within yeah, the community sure. and everything. Like, people love everything and everybody that works in that show. With Elvira, it seemed like they shot it all within like an hour at her <laughs> at her house, sadly. But they do interesting stuff. Like you said, House on Haunted Hill, they start intercutting with her in the movie. Yeah, some and that parts, was really fun. But they don't do anything else after that. So if they do, I would love to see more of that. If if if, if they bring it bring her back for a show, which or I would special, love, I would still yeah. love it. She just announced it. today she's doing something with Netflix also. So oh, I think really? she, I think she's doing other stuff to promote that. She just put I have it right there actually. She just put out her memoirs. Um so I think it's to promote her new book and everything and her kind of coming back to the character and all that. Uh, but yeah, I, I still enjoyed it. I had a good time. I just, I, if you have an Elvira special, especially for, especially for her 40th anniversary special, uh, I would just like more, more Elvira. You need more of her. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like there's like, and you know, it's funny because Paige was sitting there and you know her, she's not, she likes old movies, but she's not like one to sit out and actually like really watch them like you and me who can just watch old movies all day. Yeah. Um, but uh, she was like, you know, the only reason I'm watching this is for Elvira and I'm not getting a lot. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, was like, I, I, you know, halfway through Elvira Misses the Dark, I kind of figured, oh, we aren't getting a lot of inner cuts because she cuts, she introduced the movie then she may have one cut in the movie. Then you go like 50 minutes with like no Elvira. And then she's like, ah, how'd you like that shit? (laughs) Here's our next movie. Um, And then goes on from there. But other than that, I think she had the most commentary in the Elvira mistress of the dark. movie. Yeah, for sure. On Twitter, she was saying a lot, but I mean, not everybody uses Twitter. Yeah. And I also was like talking to my, my friends on Twitter and, and other people that were chatting about the special, I, was, I wasn't really paying attention to what she was saying. It's like, that's why you have intercut. So you say what you want to, and then we, we all get it, and then we can all talk about it. We aren't going to be following your Twitter page right. here, here, and here. We're all talking amongst each other about it. But still, it's good. Great to see her. Whatever. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No, I, I anytime you can see Elvira, it's worth yeah. it. Did you, um, did you start Midnight Mass? Uh no no not yet no. um I have I'm almost done with it I'm not done with it yet for those who don't know we are not talking about going to midnight mass <laughs> or going to church at all <laughs> but we we're talking what? about the uh, new show on Netflix from Mike Flanagan uh, midnight mass um, I'm not going to talk much about what the plot's about because just in case it spoils anything because I went in completely blind other than knowing it's seven episodes this limited series. On Netflix from Mike Flanagan, just like his others. Um, the other ones are longer. 
Because I thought there were only seven too. I don't know about Blind Manor, but Honey Hill House was uh, ten episodes. Oh, I think it's better that this is seven episodes because it's a little bit tighter. Right. Um, I, I love Honey Hill House. I didn't watch Blind Manor, yeah. but uh, Honey Hill House felt, even though I loved it, felt a little long. Um, I, I I'll say I'll say this. I love Mike Flanagan. I love that he's becoming this voice in horror. That um, I don't even know if people fully realize how much of a, a, a voice, uh, how strong of a voice he is right now. Because I feel like so many people watch his stuff on Netflix not knowing how much of that stuff he made. They don't really realize it's all the same guy. But for those who don't know, Mike Flanagan directed Gerald's Game for Netflix. Great Haunting movie. of Hill House. He did Haunting of Blind Manor. Um, not on Netflix, but in theaters he did. Dr. Sleep. So Gerald's Game and Dr. Sleep were two Stephen King adaptations. And he did a lot of horror movies before that. He did uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil, which is a way better film than the first Ouija. Um, he also did... What's that one slasher he did with his wife? Kate Siegel. Uh, Hush? Yes. Yeah, Hush. Hush. Uh, the one where she... They're she's deaf? She's deaf. Yeah, she's deaf. deaf. Um, yes. Yeah. And he's really good. Uh, he, he pulls the page off Stephen King's book. Um, he's really good at just building characters. He's good at just... Focusing more on the characters, not so much the haunts or the scary ghosts or whatever, like Haunting a Hill House. Absolutely. He's a great storyteller. Oh, absolutely. He, he knows how to build characters, especially just normal blue-collar type people. Haunting a Hill House, even though it's a ghost story, it's more about this family and how your past kind of haunts you. You yeah. haunt yourself. Your traumas haunt you. And he kind of does the same thing with Midnight Mass, which there is a scary thing happening, but it's really about this community because it's on a small island. That's off the mainland that, that, you know, it's, it's a fishing community where church is a big thing. And, and it's, I think there's like 127 people live on the Island. And it's just about these kind of blue collar fishing community of people that have their own ways. And it deals with a lot of topics like religion and redemption and mortality and sobriety. And it seems all of it's very, very personal to uh, Mike Flanagan, who wrote an article for Blade discussing. I haven't read it yet because I want to finish the series. I got one more episode left. But he actually w made a guest editorial in Blade discussing, talking about, like, apparently he's been sitting on this story for a long time. And I know that he's been sober since 2018, which you could kind of tell in the show because there's a subplot that deals with sobriety. So I, I just feel like this is this project talking about religion and, and becoming better and doing, like, all this stuff. Not, not through religion. But becoming better, like through sobriety and doing all this stuff, and Mormonism. It, it just, just yes, it's <laughs> it. It is, it is, it's super Catholic series, but it's really, really good. There's some really spooky stuff. There's a shitload of monologues and character building, all kinds of other shit. But it's really, really good. It's, it's hard to like. You're just thinking about the show. You want to just keep on going, and and the episodes are chunky. They're each of them are a little over an hour long. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it because I really don't want to spoil anything about it. Um. But it's really, really, really good. And we'll probably go more in depth maybe a month or two from now once it's kind of circulated. People usually watch things on Netflix a lot faster anyways. So. That's true. Yeah. So people are talking about that Squid Game. I haven't watched Squid Game at all. But yeah, <gasps> Midnight Mass. Well, starting early. <laughs> Midnight, <laughs> Midnight Mass. Uh, check it out. Check it out. <laughs> um, uh, it's really good. Mike Flanagan. I, I love the guy. Um, just as, as this voice in horror right now. He's awesome. But. I think it's time to go to our topic today. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we are, like I said at the head of the episode, we're going 1987 for two vampire movies that both got released. One is insanely popular, one of the most popular vampire movies ever, <laughs> ever released. Um, it was a critical success. It was a commercial success. Um, 
I mean, it still lives within the pulp culture in a lot of ways, especially in the horror community, and that's Lost Boys. Yeah. And then a few months later, another movie came out, another vampire film that shares a little bit of the same DNA called... A good amount. Really. Yeah. <laughs> called Near... Yes. Yes. Called Near Dark, um, which is a vampire neo-Western uh, directed by Catherine Bigelow. But uh, which one do you... We're, we're each going to explain one. Okay. Which one do you want to explain? Uh, the synopsis. Uh, I'm just the, gen, the general idea of what, what's going on of Lost Boys or Near Dark. Which well, one you, you, you seem to have more of a, like, a passion for Near Dark, so I'll do Lost Boys. Okay. Go for it. So Lost Boys, quick synopsis of the movie is that uh, it is a mother with is recently divorced with her two sons moves to Santa Carla. Um, there is the brother Michael and the uh, younger brother... Sam? Sam, yeah, I thought it was. Played so, by uh, Jason Patrick and Corey Haim. What? Played by Jason Patrick and Corey Haim. Yes, Respectfully. <laughs> um, and uh, so the older brother ends up... Uh, you know, taking the younger brother out to this concert where uh, a big buff man likes to play his toot flute. Um, it's a saxophone. He likes to... What? It's a saxophone. Don't you call it a toot flute. What did I say? <laughs> toot flute. Oh. Yeah, so he takes his tutor. <laughs> he's, play, he's just farting into a microphone. <laughs> whoop, whoop. And he's just greasy and everybody's just like, what the yeah, fuck is happening? Like, this is great. <laughs> the 80s is a weird time. Boop, whoop. <laughs> And that's it. No, but um, that was at the credits. <laughs> but uh, so he sees this. The older brother sees this girl, starts uh, tracking her down, and uh, turns out she's involved with some pretty uh, rusty customers, as they happen, say, as they say nowhere. Um, and they happen to be a group of vampires that ends up. Uh, Turning him into a half vampire. Yes, which she uh, is also. Which she is also a ham- yeah. half vampire because they have not fed on somebody else. Yeah, you had to drink the blood right. and then you have to have a kill. And so they can be vampire. out in the daylight and just feel kind of sick. Yes. But uh, so they end up having a very strange relationship through it all. And then Michael and his uh, love interest, who is named Star, Star. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, try and start figuring out a way to get away from them. And the younger brother, Sam, makes friends at the comic book store who are vampire hunters and know all about vampires. A set of brothers named the Frog Brothers? The Frog Brothers. Uh, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. And who was the other one? Other kid. Other kid. (laughs) (laughs) Not one of the two Corys. Other kid Jones. (laughs) Yeah, other other kid. I I should get the other one's name, and that was just like, Fuck it. <laughs> I just didn't. <laughs> but, uh, so eventually, uh, should I just t- say the end? Since No, no, yeah. it's fine. Okay, well, eventually they, they end up working together to try and stop the As you could forces. probably guess, there's a lot of vampire killing There's a lot of vampire it, yes. killing. But we'll, and, uh, we'll just touch on a little bit later. Yeah, but, uh, overall, fun movie. Lost Boys is a fun movie. Um, and we'll delve a little bit deeper into it. On the other hand, uh, Near Dark is about it's a neo-western it's 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 uh set in present day well present day for the time 1987 um and it's about a man named caleb young a young man in oklahoma. his prior early 20s living in oklahoma and he's driving out to the bar to meet up with his friends to, to have a couple old brewskis but he doesn't even make it in the bar because while palling around with his friends outside the bar 
he notices a young, attractive woman coming out of mm. a, out of an ice cream parlor next door. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, guess. She I know, she's got ice cream. ice cream on the road. Yeah, at it's, night. <laughs> and so he walks over to her, and and he very awkwardly flirts with her, and she awkwardly flirts with him. Really, they just have an awkward conversation. Yeah, it was. Uh, I did not feel for their love. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I don't feel for Lost Boys either. At no, least, I know. At least not. between Michael and Star, but I'll come back to that. Um, uh, but he, him and uh, the girl's name is May. And uh, they start driving around, and he takes her to his farm that his dad owns. His dad's a veterinarian. He lives there with, with his dad and his sister. Um, to show her his horses. Horses don't like vampires, apparently. Turns out she's a fucking vampire. <laughs> what? <laughs> and while they're making out, he doesn't know. He can't figure this shit out. Like, he can't figure out this chick is really weird and awkward. Um, which would not say vampires are normally that. But, I mean, after all but while like... making out, she just bites him, and that turns him into a vampire. Um, Full on vampire. Yes. And then. No he, half shit. And then when he's walking home because his truck dies. So she runs out of the truck. He's near his farm because he took her there. He's walking back to his house and he starts catching fire. He starts igniting. And while he's walking there, an RV comes with May in it and a lot of other people. And they grab Caleb into the RV and he finds out she's part of a vampire group. Are you starting to sense similarities between these two stories? Um, but these vampires are almost like old gunslingers, kind of. Yeah, they're, they're kind more of. like our old west kind of feel to them. Um, Great actors in that movie. Yes, yeah. yes, and uh, I mean both of them. And, and from there, it's it's kind of goes through the motions of Caleb having to decide if he wants to stay with this vampire group or if he wants to change back into a human and go back to his family or if he uh or or if he's just fine just going on his own it's 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 a lot of him just making all kinds of decisions if he wants to be a vampire or not a vampire and just going through the motions or if the love that he uh that he's found now um, love quote unquote we're supposed to buy this love story (laughs) Maybe the weakest part of Near Dark, but it's like what yeah. everything hinges on is that he has to maybe his love for May is enough for him to stay in this world and not go back to his family. So that's what both movies are about. But as we've been saying, the template for both are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, human character and both of those, a male falls in love with a female vampire or half vampire who belongs to a group, group of vampires of vampire. and their family, the, the male protagonist family is involved and has to watch him kind of go through these changes. Um, and it all escalates from there. Them trying to cure their own vampirism. Uh, structurally, both very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as far as, as movies go. And, and also, these two films kind of gave way, like it or not, <laughs> to Twilight. Twilight took the structure that both these oh, movies kind of popularized. Because yeah. up until this point... I mean, there, there was romance in the vampire movies up until this point. This is 1987, though. That, that Usually vampires were more suave, more sophisticated, more seductive. And this is more of the vampires are a lot younger or a lot gruffer. Yeah. They aren't like well-spoken gentlemen or whatever, gothic-y, whatever. They were like young, cool kids driving motorcycles around and shit. Yeah, you know, tricking, messing with people's Chinese food. <laughs> yes. Which, which, <laughs> which is a no-no in my fucking world. You don't touch my Chinese food. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, um, 
Should I do a little bit of background of both of, of the directors and writers first? Should we start there? Yeah. Okay, so. Do you need me to have ready for any fact checking or you got it all written? No, down? I got it written down. Okay. Okay, so um, Lost Boys, is that the name of that movie? Oh, shit. Fact check it up. Me. <laughs> Let me look it up. <laughs> um, no, it's Little Boy Lost. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lost uh, Boys. Little Boy Lost in the Toot Flute. <laughs> <laughs> Greasy Ponytail and the Vamp Boys. Um, uh, uh, Lost Boys is directed by Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher is a director. Um, first of all, this is going to connect into a little bit. Gay filmmaker. All right. Uh, which is going to connect a little bit. He is... All his movies are are, are very big. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't really hold back much, and it's not just with this. He did the two Batman movies people don't like. <laughs> he did Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, which are both just throw it all out there. I mean, it's big and colorful and just in your fucking face, and he just he goes for it. Even with a movie like Falling Down, they do with Michael Douglas, even though that's supposed to be like a real like more contained like story of a man just losing his shit. I love pretty, that movie. Yeah, <laughs> that movie's big though. Like, oh, still, yeah. still, like he's just swinging for the fences no matter what he does, right? Yeah. But Joel Schumacher wasn't supposed to direct it originally. Originally it was supposed to be directed by Richard Donner, and Richard Donner directed The Goonies and Superman and uh, our favorite Christmas movie, Scrooged. Yep. I think we share that. Yeah. Um, and the Lethal Weapon films, um, and in a lot of other a lot of other good stuff. Richard Don, we just lost him earlier this year. We lost Joel Schumacher last year, I think. Um, but Richard Donner was a uh, 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 he was attached to direct the Lost Boys originally, and the first script was written by uh, Janice Fisher and James uh, Jeremias. And Janice Fisher got the idea to write this, as of course, hence the title, The Lost Boys. Uh, a play on the Peter Pan myths um, of being a young boy, never growing up all this. Cause she, as she was reading the stories to her daughter, um, she was talking about how, yeah, I was reading the stories to my daughter. I'm like, Oh wait, these are like little kids that don't grow up. And Peter Pan's a boy does grow up. I mean, they're basically fucking vampires. Yeah. Kind of. Well, I mean, minus the blood sucking and the murder. Yes. Yes. And they, they in the, in her original script, the lost boys are supposed to be a lot younger. Um, and, and the frog brothers, we're supposed to be like Boy Scouts or something like that. See, I think it may, would make sense if they were Boy Scouts. Yeah. Like crazy comic, crazy Boy Scouts. Yeah, sure. But don't get me wrong, I still love But they make the it cooler. <laughs> yeah. They make it cooler. Uh, and why they did that is because it was supposed to play on the Goonies. Since Richard Donner was already directing it, they kind of wanted like a follow-up to the Goonies where it's another like group of kids and it's like this big adventure and everything. Right. Yeah, Richard Donner got mixed up with another project he had to go do. It may have been, it may have been Lethal Weapon. Um, and Joel Schumacher got hired on and Joel Schumacher saw the script. He said, fuck that. This movie needs to be sexy and vampires need to be teenagers. <laughs> They'd be cool. And they gotta have Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> yes, we need the Kief. One day he will make every Republican's favorite show. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> um, and they brought a new writer named uh, Jeffrey Bohm, uh, who who did the rewrites on the film. Uh, Jeffrey Bohm actually wrote a lot of good movies. Um, he wrote The Dead Zone. Oh yeah. He wrote uh, Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade, uh, oh, Inner Space, and he also worked with Richard Donner because he wrote Lethal Weapon two and three. Uh, so he did. He rewrote The Lost Boys and. Updated to what we know now as this sexy 80s vampire film. Yeah. Okay. On the other hand, with Near Dark, uh, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Uh, 
Catherine Bigelow went on to a huge career. I think this was her first, technically, I think her first movie was a co-directing credit. I think this is the first time where she was the full-on director, like credited director. Um, she wanted to make a Western originally, her and Eric Red, who was her co-writer. Uh, Eric Red is known for also writing The Hitcher, the 80s movie, The Hitcher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got um, the VHS and the DVD. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, originally they both wanted to make a Western. They kind of wanted to do a twist on a Western. And they brought it to the studio. The studio said, it's the 80s. Nobody's watching Westerns. Westerns isn't a thing. Westerns didn't make a comeback until the 90s whenever Dances with Wolves and Unforgiven came out. Um, the Tombstone 80s, as well, right? Huh? Wasn't Tombstone 90s? Yeah, in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, Quick and the Dead. Like all, all oh, kinds man. Of, all all kinds great of, movies. Yeah, all good stuff coming out in the 90s, right? Uh, but in the 80s, there's no market for westerns, so studios like, well, if if you if you mesh it with another genre, then yeah, well we'll do we'll do a western with you. So they're like, okay. Well, the studios like, you know what's popular right now? Vampire films, because Fright Night came out a few years ago. That was a big success, and they knew Lost Boys was getting made. This these two movies only came out without a few months. I think that Lost Boys came out in July. Near Dark came out in October, but they knew that Lost Boys was getting made and. It already been making its rounds. So they're like, let's make a vampire film. So they're like, all right, we'll make a neo-Western. We'll make a Western vampire film. And uh, <laughs> that hadn't been done since um, earlier ones. I think maybe the 50s. Uh, the Curse of the Undead. And <laughs> Billy the Kid versus Dracula. Oh, man, I forgot about that <laughs> That one. piece of shit. <laughs> um, it was... Uh, so so they, they got the green light because they said they would mix both. And... Um, Near Dark is definitely a Western. It's definitely a, a, a Western in its core. You can tell it has a lot of Western tropes. Um, yeah. The outlaw gang, who are now vampires, and a young gunslinger kind of being put into, you know, joining up with this gang, but his family are back on the farm. And it has a lot of tropes of a Western. And it's also in Oklahoma and, and parts of Texas because uh, his dad goes looking for him in North Texas. And I will say, I, I think the uh, group... Of vampires in Near Dark is much more intimidating. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so let's let's uh, delve into the into these movies. That's one of my first talking points. Um, Ooh, segued and I didn't even know it. I know. I mean, that's that's good as that's good for me as ever. But that, that's the that's the directors and the writers. Also, um, let me say this real quick before we segue. Catherine Bigelow. Um, let's talk about this first before we get yeah, into yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Because this will segue into that also. Um, Catherine Bigelow. Uh, she was helped a lot by her friend at the time, later on future husband, uh, James Cameron. Uh, and James Cameron, a lot of his people, a lot of people that he used in uh, future movies are in this film, in Near Dark, playing uh, the vampires. Uh, Lance Henriksen, uh, Bill Paxton, uh, Jeanette Goldstein. Originally, actually, uh, Michael Bain. Uh, who plays Kyle Reese in Terminator, and he's also in Aliens. He got offered the Lance Henriksen role of Jesse Hooker, who's the leader of the vampire group. Mm -hmm. And Michael Bain said he found the story too confusing. How? It's not that confusing. No, it's very straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> it's very straightforward. I would think Aliens would be more confusing than fucking Near Dark, which is literally just a story about a group of vampires that go around killing people and changing a guy into a vampire. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's a weird thing to say so, about that. So movie. Lance Henriksen got hired on instead. Um, James Cameron is in the movie, 
He's a he's a guy that flips off Severin, which is Bill Paxton's character yeah. in it. And also, they walk by a cinema, and up on the kiosk, it says Aliens. Aliens is playing. There's a lot of James Cameron nods. Years later, uh, Captain Bigelow, James Cameron got married. I think they were only married for a short time, maybe like five years or something like that, um, because James Cameron infamously is hard to live with or work with. <laughs> um, and then years and years later, in 2009, uh, Catherine Bigelow's movie, The Hurt Locker, yeah, beat, him out beat for Avatar for the best film of the year, which is great because Avatar is kind of a piece of shit. I hate that movie. <laughs> I'll say it. Avatar looks great, and there's not a lot more to it. Um, I, I'm still baffled that that is the highest grossing movie of all time. It makes no fucking it, sense it to me. It blows me away that he was like, this is going to be my masterpiece. I'm like, look at all your other movies. How is this your masterpiece? Yes, exactly. Um, but going to what you were saying with the vampires being intimidating, um, there are two very different vampire groups. Oh, yeah. In Lo- the Lost Boys and in Near Dark. Um, in Near Dark, Lance Henriksen plays their leader, Jesse Hooker. Um, Bill Paxton plays the crazy psychotic member named Severin. He's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, he is just, I mean, he's not even chewing scenery. He's eating scenery whole. Yeah, he is digesting it and shitting it out. Yes. Jeanette Goldstein plays Diamondback, which is Jesse Hooker's partner. And uh, they, they also have a kid. Homer. Named Homer, who's, who's actually been alive for 100 years or whatever, but he got changed when he was a child. And there's May. On the other hand, in Lost Boys, you have Kiefer Sutherland, who plays, uh, excuse me, who plays David. Um, and then there's, uh, there's, um, there's uh, the uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking guy. Uh, uh, one of the blonde ones. <laughs> who's who's the one with the long hair? Oh, fuck. Well, there's that one with the, the fucking... One of them the was 80s. on An Excellent Adventure. Yes, well, yes, okay. So one of them is Alex Winters, who plays Bill from Bill and Ted. Uh, and then there's... Uh, Barely any lines two, in that movie. Two other, two other young, cool guys. And there's Star, who you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and a child named Laddie. <laughs> what a strange name for him. <laughs> named Laddie. And um, there's my little laddie. And then, and then technically Michael eventually, because Michael gets changed. Right. Um, but the difference. So Mike's pretty cool. Mike, Mike is the coolest. Uh, 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 Mike is played by Jason Patrick. Uh, you may not know Jason Patrick is the son of Jason Miller. Do you know who Jason Miller is? I do not. Jason Miller played Father Karras in The Exorcist. Really? Yeah. That's his son. Yes. My goodness. And you know who his grand his grandfather is? Jason Miller's Jason Miller's Pazuzu? wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is Pazuzu. You fucker. Uh, Jason Miller's wife's father. You know who that was? No. Jackie Gleason. No shit. Yes, from the honeymooners. Holy crap. Yeah, Smokey and the Bandit. Yes. Um so he has he has celebrity blood in him. Um he didn't have a huge career. <laughs> But he's really known for Lost Boys. Celebrity blood and some maybe domestic abuse. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, uh, so what do you think about the two vampire gangs between Near Dark and Lost Boys? I can tell you which one I would rather hang out with. Uh, and that would probably be... Uh, 
Like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, cool. I could hang with the tough guys. But I'd be like, I want to go home. Like, this is too hard. And we're in a stinky RV. Uh, so I think I would definitely hang out with the Lost Boys. Because I'm like, woo, Santa Carla. Like, Motorcycles. Hey, merry-go-round. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah, you're just, you're just riding on a merry-go-round. Chinese food. <laughs> it's almost like what you like doing normally. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, hey do we have to leave it's like not really it's like perfect like can i just be a teenager forever can i just watch the place while you guys are gone and order chinese yeah they have a super cool hideout they live in a uh uh, an old hotel used to be the biggest hotel in santa carla until until uh an earthquake hit and it was built on a fault line so yep uh but they have a cool ass hideout where you just eat chinese food and sleep upside down like they're like we're technically we're all very old but we have a clubhouse and it's super cool i i don't know how old they are you know i guess it doesn't really tell because you, does i think it? i think yeah. the whole mythology of it, it, it isn't it just kind of a throwaway shots that they're missing they're missing kids are, are there like missing posters for them at one point where they're like i don't remember i, I, I just i just assume i remember that, laddie i assume that they the were teenagers that have been yeah yes laddie yes laddie's on milk car i just assume that they were all that they aren't old vampires they are because their their fashion is still very much 80s right uh because this movie is very much a generation x film this is an mtv generation vampire movie this is the first like young cool vampire movie and it's very young and sexy everybody's gorgeous in it <laughs> everybody's good looking yeah there's not, everyone there's not a bad looking person except for maybe grandpa and that's just because he's, he's an old man but everybody else i will say and, he and is max, like the, the best worst grandpa ever <laughs> Yeah, he's um, their 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 grandfather that they move in with is is a little wacky. He likes taxidermy, and he's he likes fucking some widow. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I actually come back to that because that, that goes to uh, uh yeah yeah, yeah we'll uh, Michael getting changed. But, but yeah, yeah, the groups. Yes, the groups is uh, <laughs> um yeah. In in near dark, they're they're very much like they're almost more Manson family than just a group yeah, of vampires. Like, like I mean, it's like I don't know. It's almost like kind of like texas chainsaw vibes if it was vampires yeah for sure these guys don't feel just like vampires like Ooh, texas we're gonna... chainsaw too more like it because then yeah they're out in the... yeah they're out in the yeah. open doing all this stuff yeah um there, there's a the best scene in near dark i think is is the bar scene and there's a part whenever after they change caleb they go to a, a honky tonk it's just a bar in the middle of nowhere not a lot of people in there and uh they go in there and they're they order some drinks and then they progress to just slowly killing every person inside the bar but it's not like flashy no it's just kind of brutal <laughs> it's very brutal and how and they're kind of playing with their prey because they bring him there because hey caleb you need a feed so come here this is last chance buddy. yeah because because caleb was already kind of fucking with him trying to run off and everything so they're like hey this is your last chance you need to make a kill or we're gonna kill you and it's gonna be slow and painful um so they go there and they're just toying with these people inside of this uh, inside of this establishment, and it's slow. They're playing around with them. They're taking a glee and killing the people, um, and it's very just like Manson family esque in how they're doing the murders and everything. Especially Bill Paxton. Is yes, Bill Paxton. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, Severin is is great in the movie. I mean, Severin is is really what they're marketed. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's the most interesting character in that. Yeah, movie. so all, all the promotional material, the posters, like everything comes out. Severin is usually the most 
um, iconic character from the movie for a movie that's not iconic at all. Actually, it's very hard to find this film. Is I had the Blu-ray, and uh, thankfully it kind of had a, a a little bit of a uh, resurgence because they put on Shutter a couple months ago, but it was only on there for two or three months. Yeah. Um, and they took it down, and you were looking for it, and you couldn't find it. Nope. Anywhere. I could not. You could find it on Tubi. You couldn't find it on... Could you read it on Amazon? No. No. I don't think so. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to find. Um, the Blu-ray, it's been out It's been out of print on Blu-ray for, for a while. I had to get one on eBay for like 30 bucks years ago. But I think a new 4K is coming out of it. So when it comes out, you should definitely pick it up. But um, on, on everything, the post, the DVD, art, all that stuff, it, it's it's very Severin heavy. He's, he's very iconic. Um, which also makes me think that this movie was very influential on my favorite comic book series. Oh, let me take that back. It is on Amazon. Oh, it is on Amazon? You yes. can rent it? Uh, you have to have a subscription to Movie Sphere. Oh, I don't know. I've never is. even yeah. heard of that before. That's what I hate about Amazon where you're like, oh, let's go with your premium subscription. Then you go to it, it's like, oh, just kidding. You have to also have this, you know, uh, <laughs> other secondary premium. But um, I, I find it hard to believe that this wasn't super... Near Dark wasn't super influential in my favorite comic series, which is Preacher. Makes total sense. Because Preacher is a comic book that's kind of a neo-Western, and there's a character in that named Cassidy, who is an Irish vampire, but he looks very similar to how Severn looks. Mm-hmm. And he's Even kind of like a punk rock kind of vampire yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I'll be very surprised if this wasn't influenced Garth Ennis, who, who wrote that series. Um but uh, yeah, with Lost Boys, they're 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 young and they're having fun, but they don't really do. Oh, I guess they do one brutal thing in it. They 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 kill those beachgoers. Yeah, I they're mean, having a bonfire. Like, the thing is, like, I think that uh, Near Dark has a lot more gruesomeness to it. Well, they're, they're in Lost Boys. There's a one scene where they kill a bunch of like beach punks are all partying around a bonfire right they feed on them but it happens so quickly like they're taking glee in it but but near dark in that bar scene they are really milking killing and it's very slow and tension building like they sit slit the waitress's throat and drain her blood into a beer glass into a beer (laughs) mug yeah so they can drink the blood um and and slices open the bartender's neck with a fucking uh spur of a cowboy boot because that's how those work which i believe yeah i believe we discussed uh, for anyone trying to slit somebody's throat, we do not recommend a spur. Yeah, there's better ways to do it, man. Yeah. Um, we also don't recommend you slit people's throats. Yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, uh, yeah but what do you think about those, about about the two groups? I, like I said, like, it, 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 it's like there's so many similarities to the movies, but they couldn't feel more different. Yeah, for sure. Like, that, like when I watch Lost Boys, I do get that kind of like Fright Night vibe when I watch it. It's kind of fun, and it's kind of like some goofiness to it. And uh, you know, uh, one thing I really do love about it is the special effects. I, I think they did a great job at the time for what they had. And which one? Lost Boys. Oh, Lost Boys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that brings me to. Um, uh, We'll talk about this first. Um, okay, so that brings me to uh, some of the blood effects. And with the glitter. Yeah, well, with the yeah. glittery blood. Yeah. Yeah, they have glittery blood, which ties into Twilight later on, where they just shine glittery in, in the sun. But, um, yeah, the, the vampires have glittery blood in, in Lost Boys, because everything's very fabulous. <laughs> Everything yeah. is very fabulous in it. And uh, very big. Um, very grandiose. Uh 
there's two things. Both movies have a piece of mythology that they have for their world. They're vampires, I think, is interesting. Or, or Well, this one, the first one doesn't exactly tie into the vampires themselves, but how to battle vampirism. Right. But, but it'll also connect into another point I have. Um, so in, in The Lost Boys, I love the idea. There, there's a line of dialogue. I think one of the Frog Brothers say it. I think it may be Corey Feldman that says it. But it says that no vampire dies the same. It's like some of them scream, some of them implode, and some just die silently. And that's an actual thing. Like, each yep. time a vampire gets killed in The Lost Boys, they die differently. Like, one, there's one vampire that gets killed into, in a bathtub. Full of holy water. Yeah. Full of holy water. He gets knocked over into it by a dog. Strapping, guys, a silly movie. <laughs> And if you haven't seen Lost Boys, I feel like most of you have seen The Lost Boys. Yeah, that's one. I mean, I, I haven't met a lot of people who haven't yes, seen it. Yes, but the holy water, like his, his reaction to holy water in the tub, all the pipes start bursting with his blood as he dissolves. Yep. <laughs> like in the whole house. And then there's, you know, another vampire later on that gets killed, but he dies silently. And I mean, I like, I like that little bit of mythology. In Near Dark, the mythology they do is that you can battle vampirism by blood transfusion. Which is an interesting concept. Yes, uh, because Caleb's dad... But uh, just letting you know, that wouldn't work. Really. Well, probably not. Well, I mean, if you did like a professional blood transfusion, but if you just went in your basement and did a blood yes. transfusion with your dad, your dad's going to fucking Yes, because his dad is a, is a veterinarian. Right. And uh, he's like, oh, you know how to do blood transfusions <laughs> in animals? Want to do it on me? And he's like, all right, darling. What's that, darling? <laughs> Which uh, is his dad's catchphrase. At least we made it his catchphrase. Um, yeah. What's that, darling? <laughs> and um, so it, and it, it works, which is pretty interesting. But this ties into the 80s being uh, having a resurgence of vampire movies between these two and Fright Night, uh, which came out a few years before. Mm-hmm. Um, this was... At the height of the AIDS epidemic, um, or the AIDS crisis, rather, which was weaponized, of course, against the gay community and all this. And so we started getting vampire movies that deal with the idea of, oh, you're exchanging fluids, the exchange of fluids and all this. Um, Why not have blood transfusion, which years later they started doing that as a way to try to fight AIDS, right? Started trying to do blood transfusions and stuff. I have no idea. Uh, it all, it all, it all kind of ties together. Um, and it was a point I was going to make earlier. Whenever you were saying about the romance, the romances in neither of these movies don't make a whole lot of sense. Like, no. there's not a lot of connection between Caleb and May, except they're both young, attractive people, right? You could say that, I guess. And Lost Boys, <laughs> there's not a lot of connection between. Uh, between Michael and Star, except they're both young, attractive people. Yeah. But the Lost Boys, it's not about Michael and Star. It's about Michael and David. Oh, yeah. <laughs> David is seducing the fuck out of Michael. Yeah, <laughs> I well, just, I like, get it, though. Yeah. Like, he looks great. <laughs> like, I mean, David turns Michael. David's constantly in Michael's head, calling his name, whispering his name in his mind. He's seducing them. They, there's so much sexual tension between David and Michael. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Very, it's a very Louis Lestat kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, yes, for sure. But see, that came out you know, years later. 
The book didn't, though. I, was the book already out at this point? I think the book came out around this time. Early but the movie didn't. It, it, no, interview with the vampire didn't come out until like, like '95 or something. Yeah, like something that. like that. Yeah, movie-wise now. Um, yes, and you know, I mean, this is a trope now since all I'm that. I'm gonna fact check myself. on Yeah, that. I think the book came out more and more. I mean, it makes sense. It makes total sense that the idea of vampires being alive for however long, years and years and years, most of the time, decades to hundreds of years. Um, Probably eventually they they would just be more curious sexually. They'd probably be bi or pansexual. It makes sense. It's a trope that's visited a lot, and I think this is like one of those first movies that that uh, deals with it <laughs> quite quite a bit. Did you uh, find out the date on it? I sure did. Uh-huh. Uh, I am correct. Uh, it came out in 1976. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Eleven years before this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Good job, right? But the Lost Boys is 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 very is is pretty gay when you start really looking at it and everything, and I love it because because it all is very flashy and everybody's beautiful, but it's it's just this idea of of yeah, it's just Michael and Star who have no chemistry at all. Um, but Michael and David. Very much so. <laughs> yeah, I can see that, and uh, I mean, yeah, of course you can see that, but. Um, no, and, you know, especially for that time, you know, that was very probably taboo for a lot of people. Like, they probably didn't want to see that kind of... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially during the Reagan eras. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. 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 I mean... But, uh, so good on them. And, well, you were saying the direct Joel Schumacher. Oh, Joel Schumacher was very, very gay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very, I mean, it was very openly, it was very openly gay. Um... And he said, you know, he told people in interviews that like, you can take the movie however you want. It's like if you if you pulled certain meanings out of it, that's fine. Like I may not intend it, but I may have just been there already. <laughs> yeah, know? for sure. Um, so I think it's funny. Uh, whenever my, <laughs> I wrote this down while we watching Lost Boys, <laughs> uh, when Michael gets changed, so Michael gets bit by. Well, he doesn't get bit. It, in in the Lost Boys, you drink the blood, which is all in a right in a bottle. It's a big bottle, big like wine wine bottle. Big and then old. you have to make your first kill, turn a first vamp- into a full vampire. So he's changing already. Um, he's a half vampire, and and you know he's having some problems, like sleeping, and he has these different things uh, that are happening happening abnormally. Yep. But the. T- the piece whenever people start noticing uh whenever he's um that he's changing is that his his grandpa's going out on a date well he's not even going on a date he's going to visit the widow johnson which is an oh old and he lady. makes that joke yeah right. what was the joke i couldn't hear it like I he says okay so he's gonna meet he's gonna go visit miss johnson who's a widow um and he is, his grandfather makes a lot of taxidermy and he's like, oh, I'm going to drop some stuff off at Miss Johnson's. And Michael and Sam are standing there. And Michael says, what did you stuff for her, Mr. Johnson? <laughs> Which the grandfather doesn't react to. Yeah, his brother, that's not cool. And Sam's like, hey, that wasn't funny, Michael. Yeah, and I'm right. on the couch going, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that kind of I'm like, oh shit! They would hate us. I'm like, nice one. Um, it's that, and, and the other thing. Whenever uh, Sam comments about Michael having a piercing, we're just like, dude, that doesn't suit you. But Sam has two little diamond studs. 
His two little stud Sa- piercings. Uh, Sam is like the the like the really huge pop culture eighties kid though. Yes. Yes, Wait. this movie is excessively eighties. Yeah, and I will admit, bring back those those dusters with the big collars. That looks so stupid. I mean there's dusters <laughs> that, well they they aren't as stylish as the Lost Boys, but they have like old school dusters and I do love dark. his bedrobe though. Whose? Sam's. Oh yes, that yeah. super colorful Picasso looking. After he gets out of the bathtub. Uh, yeah, I when, want when, when that. Michael, when Michael gets attacked by their dog. I would be that guy who looks like the insane asylum person looking at my mailbox every day. <laughs> it's like waiting for the mailman to get there, and he's like, "Oh my god, he's in the Picasso robe again!" Like, I was like, "Hey, do you have a package for me?" It's like, oh, "Do you have a tracking?" For your pack, yeah, it doesn't say it's gonna be here today, but I thought I would wait and see if it showed up. <laughs> <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. This is what I want in my life. <laughs> um, yes, yes, would, there is some awesome fashion. They got they got cool earrings and, and mullets. Everybody has a mullet in this movie. Yeah, um, I will say that they have the the cool mullets. Uh, some of them. Some of them. <laughs> I Kiefer Sutherland can pull it off. Yeah, you you have to have a face to pull that off. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. I mean, I mean, J- I mean, would you? I'm gonna say Jason Patrick, Michael. Does Michael have a cool? A I don't cool think mullet? he really has a mullet. It's just his long hair. It's just like shaggy hair. Yeah, man. shaggy. It's this nice hair though. It's nice hair. No, for, he looks for an right. actor that 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 whose hairline receded. Um, back in the eighties, yeah, 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 nice hair. Um. Uh, that, that, that was what I was going to say. You is leave that, him alone. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're dunking on Michael for no reason. <laughs> He's done nothing to you. Fuck Michael. <laughs> fuck, fuck this movie. Zero out of five. <laughs> Flip the coffee table. Um, is that Lost Boys is very, very 80s. And uh, um, Near Dark has a little bit more of a timeless feel to it. Yeah, you could watch that at any point. Except... For the soundtrack. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. The no. score on Near Dark is one of my least favorite things rewatching it. I didn't realize how much. Uh, Tangerine Dream does this. Uh, does the score for Near Dark. And I like Tangerine Dream, but the, the score is so 80s to a movie that's not really excessively 80s, except that it was made then. Like it, it doesn't yeah, really. That is one thing the Lost Boys a hundred percent has on. But Lost Boys track. has an awesome, amazing soundtrack. soundtrack. <laughs> um, they have a, a, a really good soundtrack, um, and, and Tim Capello, who is uh, Greasy Sax Man <laughs> in, in the movie, uh, plays sax for Tina Turner for years and years. Um, he was just in Gainesville a couple months back. What was he playing? He was he was gonna play a show, then it got canceled because of COVID at last second. But he was he was in town. There's like pictures of him at like arcade bar. He really plays the two flute. Yes. Oh, he played no he idea. played saxophone for Tina Turner for years, and he oh has. Oh my a, god! Yeah, he does. I didn't realize. Yeah, I mean that that song that's in the movie that's his song. He actually sings and plays saxophone in that song. I mean he's an actual recording artist, and he does live shows. Is he still that buff? Uh, he's in his, he's still, he's still not that buff cause he's in the sixties now, but he's still, he's still got big arms and stuff. Yeah. He's still, oh, okay. for, I mean, for a 60 year old. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. They, they just like going to, um, random beach shows where Tim Capello is playing half naked and greased up. He lo- uh, remember the man of war discussion we had folks. <laughs> he's very man of war now. <laughs> kind of. He looks like a genie. <laughs> 
He looks like a big saxophone playing genie. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> he actually kind of looks like the genie from the Disney Aladdin. <laughs> They're just kind of similar. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of became a star in of his own. Minus the leather strap. Yeah. Sorry, take a drink. You're good. We were talking about, anytime we talk about Tim Capella, I had to take a drink. Um, uh, yeah, I, Lost Boys is, um, it, it's, it's, I, I think my problem between Lost Boys and Near Dark is that Lost Boys has a lot more characters than Near Dark, right? Oh, yeah. Lost Boys has a shitload of characters. Um, Near Dark is a little more focused because it's just about Caleb and Severin. him with this group of vampires and, and, you know, Caleb May's relationship, then with her four companions. And then his family kind of looking for him. But in in, in his family, it's just his dad and his, his sister. His sister, darling. Yeah. His sister, darling. Darling. Um, but in Lost Boys, you have the Emersons, right? So you have Michael and Sam, Diane Weiss, who plays their mother, and the their frog grandfather. Boy, brothers. And then you have the Frog Brothers. And then you have all the Lost Boys. And then you have Star. And then you have Laddie, and then you have Max, Max and then you have Max's dog, <laughs> and then you have Thorn. Um, yeah, 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 Thorn. Yes, um, there's a lot. There's a lot of characters, and um, and and I don't know if there's. I guess I guess Michael is the protagonist, but it's like Michael and Sam. You're focused on both of them. You're kind of switching between both. Yeah, yeah, you are, and uh, I, you know, it it does. It's, like you say, it does get a little bit cluttery and like, wait, wait, who did what and which yeah. one is this? And like, because I, I don't really feel like I have any time to really get to know Michael at all. <laughs> Michael, does, okay, Michael doesn't have much of a personality. Let's be honest. No, <laughs> but he's cool. He 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 is the coolest. <laughs> he's cool. He wears his sunglasses whenever he cool. wants to. Yeah, he has <laughs> his cool hair and earring, <laughs> and uh, he gives his mom sass. <laughs> Oh yeah, his mom. His mom is the nicest woman oh my ever. God, I know the mom. It, it's just like you boys. You treat her right. You yeah, jam boys. And, you and jam boys. Coming from two mamas boys. Yeah, two big mamas yeah. boys. You treat your here. mother nice. God damn it. <laughs> uh, you son of a bitch. Fuck you, Michael. How is she gonna bail you out of stuff if she hates you? Right. Yes. <laughs> um. Uh. I, it's really his his character development is is how easily he is seduced by anybody. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> by true. Star. I will admit, like that first part, like there's bedroom eyes, and then there's uh, like uh, predator eyes. Yeah, and it was like he's just like gunning her down, and it's like if I saw that in real life, I'd probably try and run to that woman and be like you gotta get out of here I like how she this guy's trying to eat you i like how she immediately noticed him in that huge crowd and he noticed her oh yeah just so easy to see through thousands yes. of people yes but it, then again i if i don't have glasses i can't see in front of me so yeah same here if i don't have my contacts then i can't um there's also two children characters we mentioned yeah laddie and Homer. And Homer. La- Laddie and Lost Boys. Homer, Homer and Near Dark. And Laddie is, um, well, Laddie is a, uh, a well, boy. you see Laddie in the movie. He, he, uh, uh, he's a boy. Yes. And he has a, uh, well, remember that time he went and he, he well, he went out of that mattress. 
Hmm. He jumped out of the mattress. Laddie shouldn't be in the fucking movie. All right, there's no reason Laddie should be. I guess Laddie is supposed to be like a development to Star's character to give her a reason for doing anything. But Laddie literally has no lines. He says a name at one point. He says Star's name. Yeah, he says Star's name. And he screams. There's no point to him. On the other hand, near dark, Homer's one of the vampires. He's in a child's body, but he's been alive for years. He won't shut the fuck up. He won't shut the fuck up. He falls in love with with Caleb's sister. He sees Caleb's sister, and and, and he's immediately attracted to her, which is weird because he's been alive for a long time. And she's a child. So I don't know if if you're in a kid's body that if you still are just attracted to children, even though you're hundreds of years old, but he's like smoking and drinking and shit. Uh, yeah, it gives a weird vibe. So maybe it's just sure. a, maybe it's just a pedophile. Also, he grabs he grabs Caleb's balls at one point. Yep, he does. Which may, maybe that's just something he gets like he maybe just gets like kind of like a sick thrill out of it, where he like grabs the adult's balls and he's like, he molested me, and the adult's like, no, he grabbed me, and like, oh, we're taking you to jail, buddy, because he's just evil. He does evil things. He's a terrible person, and his name is Homer, which is a terrible name to have. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> if if your name is Homer, you're listening to this. I'm sorry. <laughs> but also, fuck you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, actually, I actually like the name Homer. <laughs> because it's not common. But, do, but fuck that It's like, I know somebody named Homer. That's, that's, they're very nice. <laughs> no, I do like, I do like that name. Because um, I, I like uncommon names. <laughs> yeah. But, um. Uh, yeah, so out of the two, which do you think is your favorite? Um, I I, li- I like both a lot. Okay, um, but I I give Near Dark a little bit. There's something about Near Dark I like more, just because maybe it's not talked about as much, and I, I feel like it's just one of those hidden gems that people kind of rediscover recently because of Shutter. But it, it's it's I'm a sucker for kind of a neo western already, and I feel it's an underappreciated film. Everybody talks about Lost Boys. Everybody knows Lost Boys. It's, it's become it's not even a cult film. It's not a cult no, favorite. It's just, like it's just, it's just yeah, it's just part of the culture in general. Um, so I, I'm gonna say Near Dark because Near Dark is is just nobody watches it, and it's it's such a well-made movie, and it launched such a great career for Catherine Bigelow, who went on to direct Point Break and Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty and Detroit, and uh, she she worked with. Uh, uh, she she worked with the writer again, Eric Red, to make a movie called Blue Still, uh, with Jamie Lee Curtis, a pretty good crime thriller. Um, she's just an, a really good director, um, and and I, I think this is just for her first like full on credit directorial feature. Um, it's it's just a good movie. I like it, and Bill Pax is just so good in it. I love Lost Boys. I mean, I, I like Lost Boys a lot. Well, Lance Hendrickson is great too. Lance Hendrickson is great in uh, Near Dark. And He's great in everything. And we're both Lance Hendrickson fans. We're both fans of Pumpkinhead. And Big Pumpkinhead. Fan. And we're fans of him in the James Cameron films like Aliens and and Terminator and everything Alien. else. Yeah. 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 He's he's just in. in He's in Scream 3. I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> He's a lot of stuff. He's just one of those actors. He's all around the place. Yeah, he was in Hit List for Bill Lustig. I don't know, man. Lance Henriksen is uh, this is always good to see him. And he's going to be a spooky this month. So I kind of want to meet him. I kind of want to give him sign something. Uh, how about you? I'm kind of torn, to be honest. Uh, I like Near Dark for reasons. And I like Lost Boys for reasons. Lost Boys gives me that... 80s like Lost Boys is a lot more fun. 
it's it's very fun. Yeah. But then it's like near dark is like kind of brutal, yeah, and little, I I dig that kind of stuff too. And it well, it's grim, and it's also got somebody who's like funny but scary funny. Yeah, right. Like we got Severin, and so they're very different movies to me, even though they have such similar like building blocks. Yeah, for sure. So, but both, but I think both movies are great. But I think if I were to sit down and you know somebody who might not like horror movies or something, mm-hmm. I'd be like, Let, let's watch Lost Boys. You'll probably like it. Yeah, for sure. I, Lost Boys is probably the one you would show anybody. But I, I just feel like Near Dark is a more focused movie. I think it's a better film. Yeah, Lost I, Boys. I mean, Lost Boys right. is this like mm-hmm. kind of a ride of a movie. But I think Near Dark is a more focused kind of piece. Uh, with the exception of the romance, which the whole movie's kind of hinged on, but that's both movies. Like I said, yeah, Lost Boys is really about two guys. Is it was really about a guy? <laughs> Lost Boys is about a guy who's thinks he's heterosexual, but he is clearly getting seduced by a man, <laughs> and that's amazing. It's 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 a uh, I, I love that movie. If I, if I look at that film, I'm like, this romance story completely works. <laughs> oh well, yeah, <laughs> yes, kind of. Like- yes, but if I if I do as Michael and Star, no way, <laughs> no. Yeah, because they don't really have. There's no chemistry. They're, they're 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 both kind of wooden, and so is Caleb and and May and and they're dark. But it's it's everybody else in their world that's interesting in both movies. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, cool. Uh, anything else to say about it? Uh, no. All right, uh, ready to go to your segment? Sure. All right. Well, that brings us to another curation into Blaze's cabinet of video game curiosities. So, what are we pulling off the shelf today? So, uh, good news, because I was looking it up because I was pulling up the developer name. This is also on PlayStation and Xbox. Mm. Yeet. Okay. Nice. Making it relevant. So, if you have PC, PlayStation, Xbox, or Nintendo Switch, you can find and play the game The Caretaker. Okay. So, the game The Caretaker... Kind of starts off with like this kind of basic story that just kind of turns into this uh, hide and seek uh, survival horror. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're a reporter and you're investigating this old, uh, like, not really, it, it's like a, a, a medical facility. And um, there was a man who went crazy over a woman who went marry him and he killed her and killed like a bunch of other people in the place rational decision yeah so you're an investigative journalist trying to do a story on it and uh so you go into these buildings and you have to find these different keys to open different departments but uh the further you get in the game uh the more you find like notes written in blood and different um things talking about like you know you why didn't you marry me you should have married like all this kind of stuff and uh, eventually, you uh, will be confronted with a, uh, a creature known as the caretaker, who's like this very zombified-like creature that the only thing you can do is try and escape from him. So you can hide, and you can try and escape from him, but if he catches you, get get ready to start over. <laughs> so, but it, it's it sounds like that uh, Slender Man game. It's game better out. than that. Yeah, because the game was a piece of shit. But I remember like. If Slender Man caught you, then you had to start 
all over. It's not all over. There's checkpoints. Oh, okay. There's checkpoints. Cool. But um, so I don't. I don't know why I said that. I lied. <laughs> I'm just a liar. But uh, that's our integrity. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that one has been uh, one that I've been playing lately on the Switch. Uh, it's like one dollar ninety five cents. Okay, cool. To get on any of the systems. And, uh, I mean, if you just want, like, a quick little scary game to play through, that one's pretty fun. And there's a couple of good jumps in there. Like, it doesn't take too long. I think you can beat it in about three hours. Like, but, it, you know, it's it's a fun little survive, try, and hide, don't get caught. Right. Yeah. So, and if you're expecting, like, something incredible for two dollars you can get the hell out of here <laughs> like that this is worth my two dollars yeah hey wait a minute this game only scared me twice you can't that's even a, get a you can't even get a cup of coffee in most places for two fucking bucks yeah that's what i'm saying so let me uh bring up the developer I name. said somebody have blood sweat and tears over something they developed yeah absolutely and they're selling it for that it is uh pulse tense is the uh developer okay came out in 2019 originally but um it it's it's fun it's a good little little spooky event nice so i dig it yeah that's it (laughs) oh okay now another game all right awesome oh no not this time all right sweet uh so the caretaker uh what would you rate it out of what what, what's your rating would you do out 10 Oh, 37? I'm going to do... 48? 1,000. On a scale of 1,000? Yes. 48? No. Well, I just said 48, so that's what it's going to be. Oh, no, that's not what I... Oh, Rocky no. says, don't check it out. <laughs> no, what is no uh, I would say for out of five stars, I'd give it... For for number one, the price. Yeah. And for number two, like the, the fact it's an original kind of game. Right. Uh, yeah, I'd give it like probably... Three and a half stars out okay. of five. Is it like, a good-looking game? Look yeah, good? it looks pretty good. It looks right. pretty good, especially for you know, again, how cheap that because there's so many other games that I buy and try for different things around that price, and yeah. it looks like PlayStation One, right? Which yeah. sometimes they're meant to, and it works out great that sure. way. But other times it's like, no, they just you know they're like, well, this is just two dollars. Like these people put time into it, and you yeah. can tell. Yeah, I mean that, that's anything. If somebody is creating anything their art or developing something or making a show or doing whatever and uh you like it and you're able to give a couple bucks and you should i mean even with like local restaurants if you can go to an independent restaurant you give them a couple bucks man it is pretty important nowadays to to support it anything independent (laughs) you know especially when you have like three corporations owning everything one of which we're on (laughs) hey you can check us out on amazon (laughs) um it's a first person game Yes, okay. first-person game. And you know, the, the other great part about it is if you do have a Switch or something like that and you're going on a trip and you want a game that you don't have to be connected to the internet to use, and it, it's, you know, two bucks, you could play something on the road in the back seat or play something, you know. Or while know. you're driving. Or while you're driving. Fuck yeah. it. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is the wreck going to happen? Kill everyone. Is, <laughs> is the wreck going to happen because you aren't looking at the road or because it was real scary? Who yeah. knows? It's to be seen. <laughs> So, I mean, pull it out and whip it out while you're blown on your tooth flute. <laughs> yeah, just whip it out. Whip it out while you're playing the tooth I'll flute. I'll show you a caretaker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you will. 
anyways, uh, I guess that's our episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next week, next couple of weeks, we, we've been getting some requests and just things that we've been hearing uh, from different people. Uh, we're finally going to do an episode that was requested of us pretty early on, uh, which would be an episode uh, of some recommendations on Shudder. We're going to do a sh- uh, Shudder episode. But a lot, a lot of people have been asking or saying that they like the show because they learn about some movies that they haven't seen before or they like the recommendations, especially during this time of year. So next week will be the Shutter episode. Which yeah, after is, uh, this month, everyone's just tuning out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just you and me talking about it until next year. Uh, fuck. Yes. After, after October, nobody gives a fuck. After they stop serving uh, pumpkin-flavored anything anywhere, uh, we're obsolete. Yep. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about horror at that point, and we're just talking to each other. Um, but uh, next week, we'll be giving our recommendations on Shudder, on, on some Shudder exclusives and originals. Uh, for those who don't know, Shudder is a streaming service, a horror streaming service. And we had a request from my friend Andy to kind of talk about some of the cool things on there. So we'll choose a few movies each. So you can start October off right. And then after that, uh, the following week, we're going to have a little bit of a uh, talking about if we had a Halloween marathon. We If we had to show a Halloween marathon or five features to a friend, uh, Halloween party marathon, uh, what movies will we choose? So we'll give you some recommendations for movies that may get you in the mood for the holidays. Uh and if you want to steal our ideas and say it's yours, that's completely fine. If you want to yeah, message say us and say... you put together this list and you'll be the coolest kid in school. Yeah. They're like, man, their, their dicks are huge. And I'll be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they did it all false. on their own. <laughs> that is false. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, that, I mean, you say that, it's definitely not about me or him. But um, <laughs> uh, how do we know? Don't worry about that. Um but, you know, it would get some recommendations to you guys for some movies. It may get you the mood for the Halloween spirit. Who knows? Uh, and maybe some ideas for things to show your friends or, or show if you want to have a Halloween party. Who knows? So we're going to have a couple recommendation episodes coming up. Uh, as always, if you want to reach us, you can message us. Please. Um, we love it. You can, you can send us an email on bladedapplespod at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach us on the Instagram, which is Blade and Apples Podcast. And I just did the Facebook right before we uh, taped this episode. Finally, I did the Facebook. Yay, me. Yay. Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, it, it took all of like six minutes. So I saw Six minutes, you'll <laughs> never get back. Never get back. Uh, and you can find us on there also. You can click the like and. and, and uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes, yeah. Amazon, Audible. Uh, iTunes, yes, use iTunes. Uh, that's our, everywhere you can listen to us. You can listen to us on iTunes, on Amazon, on Spotify. On, we're on Audible. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you sure? Well, <laughs> yeah, if not, sure. well, we'll get it on there. We're on Podbean. Uh, we'll, we'll find more things to put ourselves on. We'll, we'll, we'll pimp ourselves out anyway. Oh, uh, Stitcher. <laughs> oh, we're Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah, we're on Stitcher. Uh, if if you like it there, if, if that's what you're listening to us on, then you should write us a review or recommend it to a friend if you like what you're hearing. If not, then never speak of it again <laughs> and just listen to it in private and think if anybody ever finds out that you ever listen to this podcast that you'd be severely embarrassed for ever even giving us a try. Um, and listen, as long as you're listening, we don't care. We, we'll, we'll love you just the same. It's all right. 
Yeah, you can totally disagree with us, but we will make fun of you. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna try to keep on making more content because we are so smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're so smart. S M R T. I mean, S M A R T. Yeah. So if you guys like what you hear, uh, repost it or comment. Send us a message. Ask us what you want to hear. Or what Help us. Or, or, or even if you have a thought of on one of the movies, if you've seen it before, or you have a uh, thought on it, send us an email. We'll, we'll read it. We'll make a whole segment of just reading emails. We're desperate. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're desperate. We say it every week. We're desperate. I mean, we haven't promoted this barely any, but we're desperate for anybody to listen, even though we haven't done anything to get people to listen to us. Um, hey, I post like a meme a week. Yeah, yeah. One one a week is pretty good, actually. Um, so, yeah, just just uh, g- if you guys like it, share it. Uh, but even if you don't, we, we still appreciate for anybody that listens. Uh, thanks, Stefan. Stefan Mize from uh, Crawling Panther. Mm-hmm. In Ocala, Florida, Crawling Panther Tattoo Parlor for doing our art and Blaze for editing everything uh, and then doing all the computer stuff because I am technologically stupid. <laughs> I can't figure it out, man. I'm just Benjamin Buttoning. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Have anything else to add? No. That's it. I'm, I'm excited for uh, next week's episode. Yes, yes. There's two guys who watch quite a bit of Shudder. Hey, hold on a minute. Yes. I might have a new entry for that since the new VHS comes out. Oh, yes. Right now at Shudder, we're in the middle of the 61 days of Halloween. Correct. So we got a lot of fun ones coming at you. And I'm probably going to throw that on my list because I love that series. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well, we may make a four then just in case. If it's the new one, we may make a four so you can recommend a newer one and then do three. Yeah. Once they're down in like the depths of shutter that you may have missed at some point gotcha okay uh yeah but right now if you if you join shutter right now i mean now there's only 30 days left but uh they're in the 61 days of halloween so there's a lot of new stuff getting put on shutter right now it's a great time to join sure is um and, and you get so much great content but that'll be for next week um but if that's all that's all you got yep all right guys well thank you for stopping by and remember every day is halloween not just this month Every day is Halloween. So please. Idiot. (laughs) Yes. So please act accordingly. Bye. Bye.